Fall is quickly approaching, and as we look back, we see a summer unlike any we've ever experienced. Blockbuster films hit streaming services the same day they hit theaters. Pandemic delays pushed many of those blockbusters out of summer altogether. And episodic television shows took on the lion's share of storytelling for universes we had become accustomed to visiting only in the cinemas. So what does the fall hold? How will the planned releases for Marvel, DC, and others progress, or perhaps regress, the big story arcs and brief narratives that define their characters? And most importantly, will we finally get to see No Time to Die? This is Mad Unreal, episode 42. Let's go. You know, Isaac, I'm pretty sure that I enjoyed Loki more than you did. Mm. Like, pretty sure. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. And I know I'm getting right into, you know, our list. Mm -hmm. But um, I just wanted, wanted to mention that to kind of just predefine the the Loki discussion when we get to it. Um, this is a Mad Thoughts episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to run through um, several mm, seven, eight upcoming titles uh, closing out the summer as we move into August, going into the fall. There are some things that we are looking forward to, thinking some things that I know I'm not and you know it's a couple funny, things man, that probably you, like, usually, look really intriguing but you know we'll see but you know usually when you say you're not looking for forward to something i'm trying to i need to think of an example because now i just said that but you usually say that and then it ends up being like i'm trying I, like of the marvel things i think like oh, okay falcon and winter soldier like you were yes, like i'm not looking forward <laughs> to that at all like I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in that and then that became the one that you actually had some interest in so that's right. usually how this goes but yeah I, I think yeah let's look back on you know let's talk about what's upcoming but do we want to take a quick like brief look back at uh one of the summer highlights which was loki which did very well yeah. very well i think in the you know as far as um i don't think they released numbers because disney plus doesn't do that except I, I think they did it with black widow but they don't often you know none of the streamers release their numbers like that um, yeah. But I think Loki, based on what you know, what I saw online in terms of the fan reaction and the uh, the press, the fact that they got a second season, um, you know, so it, it seems to have done very well. So, but how do you feel? Go ahead, hit me. How do you feel well, about Loki? So, interestingly enough, even though we did an episode where it was Arthur versus the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you had the TVA and the concept of um, the timekeepers contextualize the multiverse in such a way that the storytelling held together for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated that. What got weird was um, the section where they were in the void, where Loki was, I forget what they call it, but you know, Loki and Mobius got blasted and they were in this void. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, multiple Lokis. Right, after they and, got disintegrated or what? Yeah, I forgot what they called it too, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I know, I know that uh, historically in the comics, you know, there have been um, several variants of Lokis. But to sort of have them all together with no 
with no real structure. I, 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 I believe that if there was an additional episode, you know, in the void, maybe it would have um, worked better for me right. that these Lokis sort of banded together. That, and that was the um, penultimate episode, I think, where you saw like Richard E. Grant was playing old Loki. Um, yep. And then you had like alligator, crocodile, Loki and black Loki. They, they didn't call him that. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. It was like black Loki. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> Yeah. Richard E. Grant's Loki. He, and, but, you know, the standout, I think, of that episode was his performance and just kind of the weirdness of seeing, you know, you know, child Loki and alligator mm-hmm, Loki. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, I think that yeah. was a very, it was very novel. Um, and I think that's what made that episode stand out. So, but you, you would, you wanted more of that. I would, I would have wanted one more episode of that. And then I think it would have held together a little bit better for me because I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with, with Hiddleston Loki working with Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Loki, you know, for example, um, it took a weird comedic turn where it and, and Owen Wilson's Mobius um, really contextualized it. It's like, you know, it's just like you're just so vain. You fell for yourself. You fell in love with yourself, you know? <laughs> right. I thought, you know what, though? I thought they could have done a better job of because if you met that Loki, if you met Sylvie, not knowing she's supposed to be Loki, would yeah. you have ever thought, oh, she reminds me of Loki? You know, it's like there was, they kept saying, they kept telling us, you know, these are variations of, you know, these are variants of Loki. But mm-hmm. it wasn't until we met old Loki and black Loki and child Loki. And, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I started seeing some of those same similarities. But really, it was them telling us more, you know, like these are the same person. You know, where I didn't, I mean, was that just me or did you feel that way? I didn't really get no, these are the that- same people. Right. That that's what I had a problem with when you sort of banded them all together mm-hmm. and there wasn't like I'm saying, you know, an additional episode that kind of provided some glue to it because we had already had, you know, three three-ish episodes of Sylvie. Mm-hmm. And I accepted that Sylvie was Loki in a different timeline. Mm-hmm. That they were the same person. That was before, and that was in episode one and two, really, before you, because we spent time with her episode three, but in yeah. one and two, when she was kind of a, a specter, you know, she was out right. there and it was like, they were talking about her. They didn't even say right. her. They didn't know the, the gender at all. They just knew there was this variant out there who was Loki. Yeah. But And then the reveal, at, the reveal at the end of episode two. Right. So, but episodes three, four, and five, they're together. Yeah. And that's when I got this. That's when I kind of lost interest a little bit. I I felt that episode one and two did such a good job of building up the um, the anticipation. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. I said, she was Sylvie was like this specter out there who was murdering these TVA agents Mm -hmm. and, you know, hijacking timelines or whatever. And it was like at that point, I give I give uh, there was a writer at um, Tech Radar who did an article. I think I sent it to you. uh, Samuel Roberts did an article. This was two weeks ago, and I I agree with a lot of what he said in his article. In the beginning of the show, I felt that it was going to become this, you know, between Loki, 
you know, our Loki Mank, what's it called? Sacred Timeline? Sacred Timeline Loki. The Sacred Timeline, yeah. And uh, Owen Wilson's character, Mo- Mobius, I thought it was going to be them, you know, going after this variant. And mm-hmm. episode one and two built that up, and I was kind of on the edge of my seat, like, oh, this is this is great. You know, this is going to be really interesting, almost like X-Files or something, you know, to see them go mm-hmm. after this variant. Mm-hmm. But then when it became the Loki-Sylvie thing, it was... I don't know. I just, it didn't, it, again, I just, I lost interest. It didn't, they didn't seem like the same person. They kept telling us. I didn't really buy Loki, Sacred Timeline Loki. He felt so much different. We talked about this before. He felt so much different than Avengers right. Loki. It's like, how did he be, go from Avengers Loki to this Loki that quickly? You know, That quickly, exactly. Yeah, he was all feelings and just, he was a, he was a good guy. And it was just like, right. and I think maybe part of that though, to be fair, I think they may, the Sylvie character, I think maybe her, one of the, 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 um, almost using her as a tool. One of the things she was mm-hmm. supposed to do was to provide a counter for him. In other words, he could actually see himself, you know, at his worst almost, um, mm-hmm. you know, murdering TV agents, you know, um, going for self, you know, all these things. He could kind of see that. And one, he would try to coax her back and say, okay, listen, you don't have to do these things. We can find a different way. But then also it it would affect his behavior and make him look at himself literally and say, okay, that's Mm -hmm. not what I want to be. Because at the end of, I think it's episode two or maybe even episode one where he admits to Mobius, you know, I do these things because I forgot it was a great scene. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm, I'm mad at myself that I'm forgetting the exact words, but he had missed to Mobius basically, you know, I hurt people, you know, because I'm insecure. Or I want attention or whatever. Right. You know, he's he compensating. Says, yeah. He's compensating. Yeah, exactly. So it was a great scene. And I think that it's set up that he's going to examine himself by literally looking at himself. And that was intriguing mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm, but when you mm-hmm. get into episodes three through five, to your point, it felt like they just kept telling us, things and not really showing us and that 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 felt that didn't feel um that didn't pull me in the way i wanted it to yeah yeah is that fair um no that's fair mm-hmm. um and try to close this out the i mean overall i i do feel that it served the purpose or at least it's serving the purpose apparently there's going to be another season that it's serving the purpose of setting up the next big bad and we talked about this in a couple I think the last episode when we talked about where is the MCU going to go? They need a new big bad. How are they going to do this? Um, and so we have, of course, we have Kang. Mm-hmm. And um, Jonathan Major's portrayal as Kang um, was somewhat of a mixed, somewhat of a mixed bag for me. Now, I have to admit, I haven't seen Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... I'm not I'm not steeped in his uh, in his in his talent in his mm-hmm. acting abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, what hmm. something okay? So something about Loki the series overall is that at times they used modern colloquialisms mm-hmm. that almost seemed to be be geared toward um like a younger hipper audience Mm -hmm. but it didn't fit the character Mm, that's interesting i hadn't thought about that and in the in the finale 
where he who remains is revealed mm-hmm. and he ex- he's explaining to the two Elokis and it turns into kind of like a Willy Wonka scenario. <laughs> right. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Where the two Lokis are, are collectively Charlie and mm-hmm. Wonka is giving up the factory and Kang is saying, you look, you, you two, you run this. Why don't mm-hmm. you run this? Because you did everything that you, you know, needed to do to, to, to get here to find me. Mm-hmm. But then he tells them that he paved the road all along for them to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he said why he did that, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get that. So for me, I never got the reason why these two Lokis were the ones. Mm-hmm. For example, and you know how yeah. I get. It's like, look, if this guy is supposed to be the one, you got to tell me why. Why him? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I mean, why uh, yeah. not? Why not yeah. Thor? Yeah. Why not? Or more why not Thanos? Yeah. More importantly, you have to show me. You know why? Why him or why her? You know you have to show. Yeah. And, and and I think that yeah I you know Kang I, I'm I'm I need to watch it again really to be honest mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. um, I don't think I definitely don't think Kang is going to be the big bad of the you know of the next you know five ten years of Marvel uh, of the MCU I don't believe that at all I think if anything I think it may be Galactus um, and that that may be mm-hmm. a you know mm-hmm. a ten year mm-hmm. story but I, I you know the portrayal of the way that you know the way that they portrayed him as the quote-unquote villain because i really don't even know if he's supposed to be a villain you know um is he a villain i don't know and as, we as don't really get that yeah i don't did, know if he's you know a did sylvie kill him did, was it an illusion did he like well I, I you know i do like the very end when you know um spoiler alert for all these if you haven't seen loki um, I do like the very end when you do see, you know, Loki come back and he realizes he's in, you know, everything has changed, you know, because he sees the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, he's I, an alternate. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting, but it would have been more interesting or more engaging again had they shown us a lot of things instead of telling us. And to your point, yeah, they say, OK, these two characters are the chosen ones to that, that Kang has decided to take over, you know, take his job, basically. Um, but they don't show us why. And the way that they portrayed him as a as a quote unquote villain, the choice to make him very flippant and very um, yeah. yeah casual and almost like he's ad libbing every line, that didn't necessarily I think work so well with that you know with that big bad you know or and again I'm not let's not even call him a big bad or villain just with that character he's mm-hmm. he's so powerful mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. so at the center of everything that's happened in the you know the first five or six episodes I just feel like that choice that they made is kind of played out you know what I'm saying we've seen that hero mm-hmm. or that that villain or whatever so many times mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. you know they've mm-hmm. done these things but then they're kind of like you know very casual about it and you know like I said very flippant it just it just didn't land I don't think the way that it should have landed um but yeah I, you know i to me man visually for loki i know we got to move on but loki to me nothing really changed you know i've said this before in the show i don't think to me it's like when they do these um streaming series it feels like there should be some progression i had issues with wandavision but i will say the wanda that we have at the beginning of the show episode one there's a different wanda by the end you know and it's like mm, we can mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. you know where this is going you know mm-hmm. but with this with loki i feel like i didn't really get anything out of this show you know i didn't get progression i didn't really see what i was supposed to learn or how this is moving 
Um, but one thing I will say is visually it looked great. I love the world that they created for the TVA. The end credit sequence, I think it's. I think I text you. I was like, "Yo, there, somebody needs to get an award for this." The end, qu- the end yeah. credit sequence is fantastic. You know, with mm-hmm. the um, showing all those items and those um, little curios that they have throughout the TVA and mm-hmm. the clocks mm-hmm. and there. I mean, it was just, it's just, it's, it was stunning. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm definitely going to watch season two, of course. But I hope that they, you know, can establish more of the tonality that they had in episodes one and two of this season um, and show us more than they tell us. See, and I, and I, I'm feeling that this is a companion piece to the next Doctor Strange film. But it feels I, I like think everything I, is geared towards that, doesn't it? It, feel, I mean, this, it does feel like that. I feel like, I feel like, and it's almost a burden where I feel like the next Strange movie needs to resolve definitely resolve loki mm-hmm. but also resolve wandavision in a way mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of like that 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 post credit sequence yeah and um that's a lot for one film to to and it's got to carry it's, it's got to continue uh dr strange's story you know what's his growth you know his character mm-hmm. growth did you did mm-hmm. you like the first um strange movie are you a fan of the first one yeah, I, 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 it's 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 actually it keeps going up on my list. Like I liked it the first time I saw it. The second time yeah. I saw it, I was like, I really like this movie. And now it just keeps going up mm-hmm. my list. I think it's it's one. It may be in my top five. I'm not sure of MCU films. Um, I really enjoy it, and I think you know Scott Derrickson, the um, writer director that did the first one, he's not on this second one. Um, you know, I think it's mm-hmm. Sam Raimi is doing this. So. We'll see if it's, you know, if it can continue kind of the um, the weight that it established in the first one. But it's yeah, to your point, there's a lot on its shoulders. Yeah. So, All right. Um, uh, anything else that you want to talk up. about? Anything happened this summer? I mean, I know we Bad Batch. We got a special episode of the Bad Batch coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, we're going to do like a full wrap up of Bad Batch. Um, and a lot has happened. I think we did a mid season a couple episodes ago. Um, two or three episodes ago, but we, you know, since then a lot has happened and I, I can't wait. <laughs> I got a lot to talk about. I cannot wait to get into the Bad Batch on the special episode. We're going to drop um, right after the, uh, the season premiere, or the, yeah, the season finale. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it because I don't think we'll end up finishing this show. <laughs> if, we <get> to. <laughs> if we don't touch one. Was it, was there anything else that happened over the summer? Um, Unreal. Well, we t- we'll, of course, uh, I mean, of I course, mean, Black, Widow Black Widow happened. We, we had a whole show Widow, about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned it at the start of the show, but um, about Disney not releasing numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Because Black Widow, according to Disney, had done so well streaming mm-hmm. with their with their premiere, uh, premiere access, I think that announcing those numbers and what they grossed um, both at home in the theater served a few purposes one being uh the news was for shareholders who may have uh thought disney was taking too big of a risk to release uh, a major motion picture on the streaming service Mm. in uh, on the same day as the film i think it was a shot across the bow to other uh to competitors specifically hbo max which is committed to releasing uh all of their stuff day one both theater as well as hbo max Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think my my feeling right now, you know, all these these things evolve and change because you know we're still in the midst of this. Everybody is um, talking almost like post pandemic, and I'm like, no, it's it's not. Definitely, we're not out of this. Mm-hmm. So things mm-hmm. are continuing to change. But I will say, I don't think at this point, I don't think that if you are a person who is a cinema theater goer, if you feel, if you've been worried that they're going to start taking movies out of the theaters indefinitely, I don't think you have to worry about that. Cause I think that what, like what happened with black widow, um, there was yeah. a huge drop off, you know, the next, I think the next week in terms of, uh, downloads and everything. And, and they, you know, the money wasn't, it was a much bigger drop off than they anticipated. And I mm-hmm. think that, um, cause I would, you know, I would have went to the theater if it wasn't on, Disney Plus, you know, I would have gone like mm-hmm. you did. I would have gone middle of the day or whatever when no one was there and saw, you know, <clears throat> saw the movie in the theater. Um, so yeah, the only reason that I watched it at home was because of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So a few years from now, are people going to be just, you know, oh, well, I'll just watch it at home instead of going to the theater? No, I think if the movie is only in theaters, people will go see it. That's that's what I think is, you know, in my opinion, that's what I'm seeing now. Again, that could change. Um, but I don't think this experiment that they're doing now is, you know, the, you know, the death knell of the theaters that we thought it may be, you know, a year ago. Um, but really quickly, one thing I want to ask you, man, or just point out is that I was thinking about it this morning. I do feel like because this summer has been so different, like we said in the cold opening than any other summer we've lived, you know, as far as blockbuster movies. Last summer, there just weren't any movies, you know. So this summer right. we had movies, but just the way they were released and the feelings and it was just it was just weird and i was like yeah. in my mind i was countering it with the quote unquote like you know dawn or golden age of um summer blockbusters when we were kids in the mm-hmm. 80s when there was no streaming and there was there was barely cable there was cable but it was like you went to the theater in the summer you went to the theater all the time like two or three times a week. you know if you could go you go right. two, two or three times a week and right. I was countering it with, you know, then thinking about now. And it's like it's almost like living on two different seeing or living in two different um, ends of the spectrum. It was very it's very interesting when you think back to the heyday of the theater when, you know, movies were associated with theater and they didn't hit cable mm-hmm. until like a year or, you know, two years after, you know, they had been mm-hmm. in the theater. So it's just very different now. And I just these are just weird times. These are very weird times. And. I don't think anybody can, even though I just, you know, made a prediction a few minutes ago, I just, I don't think anybody really knows, you know, until, till we get to, you know, till we level set, as you would say. Uh, all right. So moving on into the fall or early fall, really pre-fall, because I know a lot, a lot of things are happening next month um, in August or whenever this, this episode drops, maybe it'll be mm-hmm. next week. Um, but in August leading into fall, there's a lot of things happening. The first up is what is um, on our list is the MCU um, has another series dropping and God, they got a lot going on. Um, what if, what if Arthur? Mm-hmm. So how are you? We've talked about this a little bit before, but now this is something you're you, very excited about. Yeah, this is, this is, this is the one. I mean, cause again, I, you know, the series, the streaming series from Marvel so far, um, didn't hit me, you know, like the first few years of the MCU back in 2008, 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the series, though, that as far as like the trailers that we've seen, we've got I think we've gotten two trailers now. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm hyped. I'm ready. Um, you know, animation. I love animation. Um, I don't just, you know, I don't distinguish or differentiate between animation and live action in terms of accolades. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very, I'm very excited about this. What about you, though? Um, I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Not surprised. And Why are you cautiously optimistic? Why aren't you just fully optimistic? Well, I, 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 I kind of think that that, and this is expected if it happens. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that some of the episodes, you know, they'll be hit and miss. Um, I know that Jeffrey Wright plays the Watcher, who, who is the narrator for the series. And, I'll, mm-hmm. and, and in my mind, I'm kind of thinking of old Twilight Zone Rod shows where Rod Sterling was the narrator and he was the one that kind of threaded all the stories together in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, I, I guess my concern is that, and you actually mentioned this uh, on our Black Widow episode, that the storylines, many of them would lean so heavily on the phase one and phase two MCU characters mm-hmm. that aren't, you know, real or alive anymore mm-hmm. going into phase three. Certainly not Going prevalent. into phase four. Yeah. Right. Certainly not prevalent, Captain America, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be kind of left just reminiscing Mm. Mm. and not really looking forward to, you know, um, Shang-Chi or, um, Mm. you know, or even um, the next round of films. Well, yeah, the Eternals, uh, but, or, you know, the next round of films, Thor Mm. and whatever they're going to do with the Hulk. Mm. Um, She-Hulk. Yeah, all these things. You know, here's my thing, man. I've been thinking a lot about this because there's been a couple of YouTube vids that I've watched where um, YouTubers are like trying to, they're trying to wrap their minds. Everybody's trying to wrap their minds around the MC right now because one of the things, and I don't think you and I touched on this, but one of the things that we should point out is that the, the, or we should at least kind of put a, um, a spotlight on is the fact that the MCU is producing so much more content than they ever have before. It mm-hmm. wasn't too long ago when we were getting two films a year. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm, that was like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they bumped it up to, you know, three. And we were like, oh, shit, that's can you know, three. And then four. And it was like, oh, my God, they're doing four. You know, Marvel is doing four movies this year. Right. That's huge. Right. Now they're doing multiple films and, you know, three and four streaming series. And I think that we, because when it was just three films a year, we kind of hung on to the word, you know, every last line of dialogue, every, you know, scene of every, you know, in all three mm-hmm. of those movies. Mm-hmm. And by and large, um, you know, it's not to say that we enjoyed every movie, but by and large, there were, you know, every release was a, was like an event, you know, it was a big thing. And mm-hmm. we, you know, by and large, we did enjoy them. Um, I think where, or I shouldn't say, I think, I wonder, Arthur, if we are moving into an area, maybe even this might be Kevin Feige's, you know, overall plan and moving into an era of the MCU where it's more like comic book Marvel, where when you are, if you're a collector, you don't go to the comic book store and buy every single Marvel title, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. there's somebody out there that does, but I'm saying most people you have, you know, your five or six favorites. You you collect those. Yeah, you like what you like and you follow that. Exactly. And you leave the mm-hmm. other ones on the shelf. And mm-hmm. I wonder if we're moving into that era, you know, if five years from now, there'll be so much MCU content that 
mm-hmm. we won't feel the pressure because right now you do feel pressure to watch every single thing that comes out like I was mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. Loki after Loki season one, I'm like, uh, I'm, like I just said a few minutes ago, I'm definitely gonna watch the season two, even though I wasn't in love with season one. I'm going to keep collecting, if you will, you know, Loki mm-hmm. um, uh, on Disney Plus. I wonder if we're going to move into an era where we won't feel like that anymore, you know, where we'll get to a place where it's like, you know what, I'm going to watch, you know, She-Hawk. I'm going to watch um, Thor films, but I'm not going to you know, again, using that, you know, an, an analogy, I'm not going to collect, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, in mm-hmm. Disney Plus, or I'm not going to collect Eternals, you know, whatever. You know, I, I wonder if that's where we're going. Um, and that's just something I've been thinking about um, as we keep seeing more and more of this MCU content, you know, roll out. As far as what if, though, um, I think I, I'm, you know, you being cautiously optimistic, I'm not surprised by that. And I get your point, though, as far as like, is it going to be too nostalgic? for the first era and then we're not going to be prepared for you know what we're getting coming up but at the same time that's why i'm thinking maybe this is not supposed to be all or nothing maybe it's like mm-hmm. they're doing more a la carte now you know where it's like you can kind of pick and choose yeah well, well you know one thing i mean marvel studios has earned the right to experiment mm-hmm. um they've earned the right to try to tell these stories in in different ways um and you know they still have an enormous library of comics to draw from what if being one of those mm-hmm. kinds of kinds of things that have been done in the comics that have that's done well people look forward to it you know right um but so okay so let me let, let me ask it and let me say this in the form of a question do you think that as you were talking about collecting Loki, but I might not collect Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. part of the event that Marvel was doing cinematically in the first three phases was connecting pieces of later films mm-hmm. together, even if the main film on its face didn't have anything to do with what was coming the mm-hmm. end credit sequence heralded right. that fact. Right. Black Widow just did that, right? Do you think that? Do you think that Marvel would continue to do that? Because if they did, would that mean that you would be missing out if you yeah. didn't follow? Yeah, you'd be forced to collect. I, I think one property happen, as opposed to another. Yeah, I think no. I think they're going to, because if you look at Loki, the series we just watched. There was, you know, there's implications that could, you know, that could weigh into, like you said, Doctor Strange and the mm-hmm. multiverse, obviously the multiverse, mm-hmm. you know, big thing, TVA, whatever. But is there nothing that is there anything that happened in Loki that we couldn't sum up with like a line of dialogue in Doctor Strange, you know, a, a reference, you know, what I'm saying it's like back in the day with and they still do it. But within the Marvel comics, if something somebody referenced something that happened in another book another series another title there'd be an asterisk next to what they said you look at the little box and there'll be a note a literally a note from the editor of that comic saying check out you know spidey number 303 basically to figure out what the hell this character is talking about you know and Uh and then it'll be like you know rob or whoever the editor was so Mm -hmm. i I think that to answer your question i think that we're going to see a little bit less of that in places you know maybe on the streaming services you won't get as much you know hey this is hugely connected to the movie you're going to go see in a few months. 
Um, but I do think that they're going to have to depend upon that a little less if they're going to, you know, broaden this thing to the point where you don't have to collect everything that they're putting out. Yeah. So. But I mean, let's say you didn't watch, let's say you didn't watch Loki, mm-hmm. right? You, Isaac Perry, or the proverbial you, the audience listening, let's say you didn't watch Loki. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see that Kang's office had heavy Doctor Strange sanctum vibes mm-hmm. to it. You know, the windows with the symbols that just literally matched. And so that when you watched, you know, Doctor Strange and, you know, the wild and wacky multiverse, whatever it's called. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, you missed a big symbolic connection. Yeah, but that's that all right, though. adds to the flavor of the MC. OK, you're saying that's all right. That's all right, because I think that as long as because. You are going to, for people who watch everything, for people who collect yeah. everything, they always get yeah. more. You know, they get they they, they get everything. They know mm-hmm. everything. They see all this. Mm-hmm. So, like, they mm-hmm. get fed more. But for people who don't collect everything, you have to give them enough. Like, okay, they're going to miss out on that. But they won't miss out on a key narrative point. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's those key narrative things that are holding up this entire structure. So, we got to make mm-hmm. sure everybody gets that. But then little things like... You know the nod to Doctor Strange's office within Kang's office. They're gonna miss that. That's fine. You know, but so so you do mm-hmm. miss out when you don't collect everything. And that's and for comic book heads out there who they they know what I'm saying. There gets to be a point where it's like economically sometimes you're <laughs> you are forced to choose like okay <laughs> how much uh-huh. am I spending at the comic book store every week or every month? You know, and it's like when I was when I was a kid, it got to that point where I was like, I can't spend. I don't have, you know, it's like I, there ain't too many yards to cut. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 I can't, you know, amass this type of money to go buy, you know, spend money and buying all these comic books every week. So I had to pick out, okay, which titles do I really want? Um, and then yeah. they did start to cross over. That's a whole nother, you know, whole nother conversation where they started to cross over so much that it felt like they were literally forcing you to buy you know three spider-man titles a month you know which you know why mm-hmm. would you want to why would you want to do that if you weren't if you weren't inclined to do it um so yeah that's why i think that's just my prediction for mcu we'll see if it plays out but maybe we can talk about it um as we get deeper into this next era so but to go from there i want to let's go from there to something else i don't think you're very excited about um <laughs> a star wars something which is is rare to say because you're usually you're, you're pretty much you know when it comes to star wars things series the the, the disney plus stuff you're pretty excited about everything but this is something i don't think you're going to be really excited about am i wrong am which i right is? which is the um disney guy so you guys know they do these behind the, gallery the scenes series, right? yeah the gallery yeah. series disney plus gallery series uh, they do the behind the scenes for their 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 television shows. So they they've done a couple on the Mandalorian, uh, Mandalorian yep. season one and Mandalorian season two. But notably missing in Mandalorian season two, the gallery series was they said nothing about spoiler alert. If you have not seen Mandalorian season yeah. two, um, big spoiler alert, big big spoiler alert. So <laughs> straight up, real talk. Yeah, it's like listen, the whole you thing. You don't want to be spoiled. Just you know. Just fast forward. It's like it's 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 minutes, it's, two or three it, minutes. it's literally the 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 Game of Thrones red wedding episode uh, version of the Mandalorian. Yeah. So if you when if something happens, so shocking. Spoils, just you know, put this on pause for a second. But so um yeah so in the season finale of Mandalorian season two, we know Luke Skywalker shows up. Big big right. big 
big moment. They didn't mention this at all in the Disney plus gallery series when they did the behind the scenes on season two of the Mandalorian. So it was a big omission and everybody's like, what the fuck? And it was kind of like you felt, well, maybe they're going to do something, you know, special on that later on. Lo and behold, in uh, next month in August, they are doing a special gallery, Disney plus gallery episode on Mandalorian season two finale, which is all about, you know, not all about, but big reveal Luke Skywalker. So, Arthur, you and I say you not you. I don't think you're hyped about this because when we did our Mandalorian season two wrap up, you um, mm-hmm. you weren't you weren't really happy about Luke Skywalker showing up. Um, no. So and that's one of the things you and I differed on. So what now that that's you know, that's out there. Are you even going to watch this gallery? Plus, are you are you interested at all in seeing how they pulled this off, how they kept it secret for so long? Um, are you interested in all that? Or are you going to skip this one? Um, because I'm gonna be texting yeah, it you is, either way, like throughout while I'm watching it. <laughs> right, I'll be texting you whether you, whether you watched it, whether right. you're watching it or not. I will be texting you. Know that, right? So. With a group watch link and everything, I'm sure. <laughs> um, my wife, you know, my wife loves behind the scenes, um, stuff. So will I watch it? Probably. Um, but <laughs> so that you being have no said, choice. It's it is it is kind of skippable to me. Um, mm. I guess. You know, without having the show again, but mm-hmm. it so basically how the Mandalorian season two ended made it made sense mm-hmm. from a story standpoint because Grogu was connecting with other Jedi mm-hmm. and Luke Skywalker within the time period was at the top echelon of any remaining Jedi in the galaxy. So it would only make sense that Skywalker himself would respond to Grogu's call, Mm -hmm. being that Grogu was of the same species that Yoda is and had, you know, a midichlorian count, you know, way off the chart. Mm -hmm. I've got a whole other theory about Grogu being, you know, uh, basically, you know, a force being that... Mm -hmm. He's not really like Bendu from Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> Aside from all of that, you know, don't bring you know up Bendu, man. We'll be here all day. You know, I we'll love be here all day. Bindu. But I'm just saying, I'm Bindu. just saying. Bring yeah, back so, Bindu. so hashtag. Go ahead. So if anybody was gonna pick up Grogu, it would have been Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I was up to that point. I was so happy that we were Skywalker free. <laughs> in the Mandalorian mm. it just made me feel like it just made me feel like somebody at Lucasfilm just insisted that the success of the Mandalorian could not continue unless we brought the band back together in some kind of way <laughs> and that just it just it George just bothered Lucas. me <laughs> George showed up was like yo Let's let's tie let's, it rhymes. We need to bring all this back. Bring it all back. Make sure it rhymes. Yeah. Um. I. But okay. So let me ask you again, though. Knowing all that, and right. you know, I, I respect. I, re, I respect. You know, I think I even said it on the Mandalorian episode. I respect what you're saying, and I I kind of agree with you. It's just that mm-hmm. when it happened, when he showed up, all my all those thoughts like you just had that I shared, uh-huh. I was like, I don't give a. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying I don't care. <laughs> 
This we had two very different so... reactions. Oh my there, god! It dude. was like, it was like the same reaction, but on opposite ends of the spectrum. So you exactly. were like, "Oh snap!" And I was like, "Oh, what is what is this?" If he would have just showed up and just entered and walked in and said, "Yo, I'm Luke," you know, let me take the baby. Um, like like uh, like, the, like the client <laughs> said, I want to see the baby. Give me the baby. Where's the baby? If he right. would have said, "Bring me the baby," right. that'd have been one right. thing. For him to step right. in, the green lightsaber to come out, and him for, mm-hmm. I mean, literally to be wrecking shop. Literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the last yeah. one of those death troopers he destroyed, were, not, were they death troopers? I think they were they, death troopers. Is that what they're no, called? They no, were, they were called something else. I forgot. Um, death troopers were the Rogue One cats. But anyway, uh, somebody hit us in the comments. But anyway, the last one he took out when it was just the Force, he, he just crushed him. He I just was like, crushed okay. the helmet? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, the whole body. The whole body, Arthur. The whole body. Oh, That's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. By the door. By the door. <laughs> I was like, you know what? All those thoughts like I had that you had, they just they just left. I was like, I don't care. This was just so mm-hmm. dope. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But knowing all that, though, aren't you, are you at least a little bit intrigued? Like I said, I know you had no choice. Happy wife, happy life. So I know you're going to watch anyway. But even if it was just you solo, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you want to watch this to see how they kept this a secret, man? I just, that's a major secret to keep for that long. I, I, yes, I do have an interest, particularly at a technical level, um, that would satisfy the, 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 the geek and nerdy in me. Um, I would be interested in seeing if there was any, just seeing what the rationale was, if it was mm-hmm. consistent with what I just said in any kind of way, you know, mm-hmm. why it needed to be Luke and how it connected to the greater story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they would reveal anything moving forward, you know, mm. so, you know, certainly there's that. Um, right. But I would because there was a lot. There's a lot going on. I mean, obviously, the motion cap and that, you know, and they've have to they've got a, you know, face plant Mark Hamill's mm. uh, likeness onto on, onto Luke. Um, it's a really tender moment when when Grogu is is um, leaving Din Djarin and yeah, he's almost yeah. asking permission to go. Yeah. With Skywalker and and man, you know, I'm using Mando and then interchangeably here, but you know, and Mando sort of, you know, acknowledging as father figure to new father figure, nodding to Luke, new, new Luke nodding back, having that. There was a really heavy yeah. moment that was happening, and I thought it was done very, 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 very well. well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we the whole, you know, we're assuming that this whole episode is going to be about. Uh, Luke Skywalker and I would probably say probably that's a safe you know safe bet to say 70% of the episode probably will but the best of the Disney gallery episode probably will but I I agree with you seeing Luke Skywalker show up was a big for me was a big um, oh shit moment you know and I Mm -hmm. you know this Mm -hmm. is crazy I can't believe it's happening whatever whatever but the most emotional moment the one that got me and was really the to me the in my Star Wars fandom was probably the second most emotional moment for me the first being mm-hmm. when ahsoka and when she you know in rebels her encounter with uh with anakin again um that's yeah. what that that messed me up but this was the second one and that's when um to your point him saying you know grogu saying goodbye to din Djarin, and yeah. when he takes off his helmet and when grogu touches his face I was like, oh shit, they're trying. That that was that was very. It was beautiful. It was very. Yeah. And to your yeah. point, it was very moving, and it was just they, it, the way they did it was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And it meant more to me emotionally than seeing you know Luke Skywalker show for sure. But mm-hmm. I still, yeah, this Disney Gallery episode is probably gonna be primarily about um about Luke. So yeah, I'm glad you will be watching um, 
by force or by choice. So cool. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, moving on. What's next? Okay, the uh, remake, leaving, not a remake, reboot, Disney, not a reboot Disney. of the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. DC Suicide Squad, helmed this time by James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxies series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, Idris Elba is in it. Uh, of course, Margot <laughs> Robbie is in it. You started that like, you know what? <laughs> Here are the reasons, the only reasons I'm even watching this. <laughs> hey, man. One, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah. We also had this podcast that we do, so I'm probably, probably going to talk about it, so I'm going to watch it for those reasons. That's the way you started that. So, okay. So, this Idris, is... Margot. Yeah. Pete Davidson's in it. It just, it was like, I mean... We just did this, right? It, it gave me like incredible Hulk vibes. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> we we did this already, yeah, right? We just, like we, we just did this. We just did this with Edward Norton. Now we're doing it again. <laughs> or we know we just did this with um, Eric. Was it Eric Bana? Who was that? Eric uh, Bana. Yeah. Now we're doing it with Edward Norton. So yeah, um, I, I feel you on that. I, you know what, man? I don't have a lot to say about this except to say that. You know, everybody has a blind spot. My blind spot. Every fan has a blind spot. My blind spot mm-hmm. is the Suicide Squad. I still have not seen the original. Um, I haven't either. And I have no excuse. It's sitting. I, I mean, I have clear. I could watch it right now. As a matter of fact, I sat over here last week and watched <laughs> um, multiple episodes of Justice League Unlimited from like you know, 15, 20 years ago. You, you know could have worked in a Suicide Squad. I could have worked in a Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I watched like uh-huh. five episodes of uh justice league unlimited so i could easily have watched suicide squad so yeah i have no excuse um but it is a blind spot so i i i'm committed to watching suicide squad even though i've heard some wild things about the og it. the peter let the um yeah, the, the jared leto um yes exactly i'm gonna watch that will smith um i'm gonna watch birds of prey again my, my suicide squad mm-hmm. it's funny my suicide squad slash um harley quinn blind spot is live action only you know, like I told you before, I've watched um, the animated Harley Quinn uh, almost twice now. I'm halfway. I'm watching it again. Um, so <laughs> is my live action Suicide Squad slash Harley Quinn um, blind spot that I need to work on. So I'm committed to watching it now. I'll say, though, about this trailer, the second one, the second The Suicide Squad trailer, James Gunn Suicide Squad. The second trailer just came out, I think, um, a week or so ago or last month. And it does look good. Um, mm-hmm. it was there was some funny parts to it. Idris Elba looks like he's acting. You know what I'm saying? It's like he seems <laughs> like he's like in a whole. You know, it's like his scenes with um, uh, Amanda Waller um, seem like those are going to be very you know intense and highly charged. And he just seems like he's going for an award or something. You know, it's like he's. I mean, Idris Elba is is a fan. Is you know, it's a phenomenal actor, and I think that you're really going to see that in this movie. And that's kind of weird to say in a James Gunn suicide squad movie that we know is going to be funny. We know it's going to be full of action, but I also think that it may, you know, there's a chance it's going to be filled with a lot of great acting, you know, I shouldn't say that because you can have great acting with comedy and action, but I think that there's also going to be in this film, great acting and dramatic, you know, dramatic moments. You know, I think that's what we're going to get. Um, so it, it looks good. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, you know, James Gunn, I think, has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fans um, based on the um, Guardians movies. 
who basically when he got, you know, when Marvel, um, quote unquote, fired him after, you know, the controversy over his tweets um, a couple years ago and they fired him, you know, legions of his fans, you know, uh, you know, including some of the actors on Guardians, Dave Bautista, notably, um, you know, you know, demanded almost that he get rehired and it eventually happened, you know. Um, which is why he's doing the next Guardians movie. But in the meantime, um, to your point, Arthur, you know, white men do well in Hollywood, to, to mm-hmm. your point that you've mentioned before. In the meantime, as soon as he got fired, DC, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers DC was like, we don't give a damn about them tweets. Anything you want to do, l- let's do it. Let's do um, it. And yeah. that's how he got this Suicide Squad job. So, but it looks, you know, I, I liked Guardians. I loved the first Guardians. I liked the second Guardians. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that James Gunn was the right person for this job. And the trailer has me intrigued. So it's going to make me watch the old, the original Suicide Squad. It's going to make me watch um, Birds of Prey just so I have my, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm grounded in that, that, that universe. And uh, I'm definitely going to check out the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um you're definitely I mean you're spot on with the cast. Uh Viola Davis being in it yeah. as well. It kind of gives me um Angela Bassett Mission Impossible vibes on mm-hmm. like how she's kind of like project managing this thing. Mm-hmm. Um um John Cena. Uh not a I'm not a big fan of mm-hmm. John Cena. And in other words, it's like I don't don't like him, mm-hmm. but he feels like a substitute for the rock in every film that he's in to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, that, like that's, in, uh, and I'll like admit, in, uh, I mean, that's probably not fair, but it's just sort of, they kind of play the same. It's like they play the same character, but the rock does it well, better for me. I, I think you're discriminating against muscles, Arthur. I think you're just, you're just seeing muscles. <laughs> that's all you're seeing. I liked him. I think it was train wreck. I think he was in, I think that was him and he was hilarious in that. Um, that was just a hilarious movie though. But um, yeah, I mean they got a they got a hell of a cast, man. So you know we'll see, we'll see. But that's hitting HBO Max the same time as hitting theaters um, next month. All right, what's next? Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So okay, so this looks interesting. Mm-hmm. This looks like it could be good. Um, we would have probably wanted this more than Iron Fist. <laughs> right <laughs> that's a good place to start right <laughs> we no. probably would have wanted this <laughs> he probably would have made a better defender of, right yeah should have given us instead of iron fist you could have gave us this yeah um but i i don't know you know what i'm i i intend to see this film so man <laughs> keep amending it's like i keep starting out saying something and then i amend what i'm about to say mm-hmm. <laughs> which might give the overall view of how i'm thinking about this yeah, you're very you're very careful yeah you're very careful about your forecasting you're very very you're very conservative about your your your, your forecasting yeah and i mean part because i know I, I i know who i am you know it's <laughs> like i look at something i'll be like oh yeah that's gonna suck but then i'm like okay well, why don't you just give it a chance you know <laughs> so these inner, um, these inner monologues and dialogues are always happening okay you Got know it. what Marvel did with Iron Fist on Netflix and the Defenders by extension was just so ass backwards mm. mm-hmm. um, that I think that they could do this better mm. given the cast that they have. Um, you know, my son, who is a film student in Chicago, he had made an interesting observation about the two trailers that we saw. 
I think he was noting about the first trailer where it ended on Aquafina giving a comedic line mm-hmm. that closed out the trailer. Mm-hmm. My son noted that, you know, in movie trailers, usually the last thing that they show is supposed to give you not just the last impression of it, but kind of gives an overall impression of the film, like what they're going for. And mm-hmm. because Aquafina delivered this comedic line, it kind of made the whole thing a comedy to him, which devalued what it was really supposed to be. Mm. And if you watch the second trailer, you get more of a father-son interplay Mm -hmm. that defines the Shang-Chi character that gives me more of a vibe that this is sort of like a collision course story, that the son is trying to prove himself to the father that he can Mm -hmm. man the Ten Rings of Power and that it might even be a redemption story where the son is trying to redeem the father because the son seems to be on the side of quote unquote mm. good and the mm. father is quote unquote you know evil or the antagonist of the film. Redemption. So it made it seem a little more interesting. Shout out uh, Snobs on Film, current season talking about redemption in 10 films. Go check it out. Boom, snobsonfilm.com. Yeah. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So. <laughs> It, so I, 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 I'm going to go into this with um, no preconceived notion. Mm. Um, but I will say that if this joint was Premier Access, I would definitely do the Premier Access route. Because now I've got to think about, wow, the only way I can go see this, the only way I can go see this is by going to it's a theater. The theater. And, you know, yeah. I'm just kind of like flat on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any real motivation to go see this because mm. i don't see i don't see how it fits within the within the phase four narrative would it be fair to say that this podcast may be the only reason that you go see it in the theater yes okay. yes that's the, and that's fair i think that's because you got to see it too right yeah so what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah and i think um let's i think we got to know it i don't know if we noted it this is a september movie so we're 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 in fall now uh, maybe not technically by the calendar or whatever but by everybody's mentality the fall starts with september 1st so we are in fall um, and that's when this movie drops. And I, I got to say, man, I'm kind of with you. Um, I, I, I actually don't think I'm going to watch any more trailers. Like if they drop another one next month. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not going to watch mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. I've, I feel like I need to give this movie a chance because right now I'm having these preconceived like what I've seen hasn't really wowed me. You know what I'm saying? It's like I've already seen Kung Fu so many times. It's like you're not going to really impress me unless you figure out a whole new way of showing the fight. The fighting in Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, took me off guard because I didn't expect to see that level of raw kind of visceral, you know, impact, feeling the punches. I didn't didn't expect to see any of that in an MCU movie. It was like Jason Bourne, you know, uh, Bourne, um, um, Bourne, uh, uh, not ultimatum. What was the second one? Um, not born identity. Not ultimatum. Legacy. Uh, no. The born. No, I can't remember. Anyway, the second born movie. It was like all yeah. of a sudden I was watching that with an MCU context, and it just took me off guard. It's hard to do that with fighting now. You know, with choreography, fighting choreography. Now you have to really do something. I thought the fighting choreography in Loki, for example, it just like I my eyes glazed over, and I found myself kind of like looking at my phone because the choreography just looks so choreographed. It looks so much it looked mm-hmm. like they were dancing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard to do that, I think, in film right now. And what I saw in the Shang-Chi um, trailer so far, 
it was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But nothing about this is really like, you know, knocking me off my feet. Like, oh, this is going to be crazy. I got to go see this. Um, so I want to give it a chance because what brought, what came to mind, uh, came to mind, Arthur, is that I was thinking about um, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I know this is a crazy analogy or a crazy connection here, but mm, go with mm-hmm. me for a second. Mm-hmm. When the trailers were out for that movie, my whole focus was like, man, this is going to be crazy animation. It looked gorgeous. You know, and it was like, this mm-hmm. is going to be crazy. I go see the movie and yes, I was knocked off my feet by the animation. But what made that film so great was the unexpected story. You know, the, how in just how great the writing was. I, I had no idea. I didn't expect that at all. And so yeah. I feel like, OK, if I go see Shang-Chi, my hope is that the story is going to be so great. You know, that's what I really want for this movie. I really want to be hit in an unexpected place by the story. Um, the cast, you know, um, I'm really excited about the cast. It seems like they've, they've definitely, you know, gone out of their way to make sure they cast people who look like the characters they're supposed to play. It looks like they've yeah. learned a little bit from the past. Tony uh, Leung from uh, In the Mood for Love is in this. You know, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't wait to see him in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Yeoh is in this movie. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know... I look and then it says uh, Benedict Wong is going to Wong is going to reprise his role of Wong. So that's going to be interested. And um, so Ben I, Kingsley and Tim Roth are also in this as well. Yeah. Ben, uh, Tim Roth returning his abomination. So I, I'm, I, I, you know, I feel like word that we're, you know, this podcast didn't exist. Would I go see this um, in the theater mm-hmm. now, you know, while this pandemic is still happening? Probably not. Um, but were there no pandemic when I go see this? Absolutely. And I would definitely go see this because I hope that I'm going to be surprised. But just talking about the trailers that we've gotten so far, nothing has really knocked me off my off my feet. Yeah. But I do think I, I mean, I do feel that it deserves a chance. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Moving on back. We're going back to the Star Wars universe. Um, Star Wars vision. Star visions. Excuse me. This looks fantastic. Um, this looks interesting. This is fantastic. So basically what this is in a nutshell, Star Wars Visions, um, Lucasfilm has reached out to several artists and creators, um, studios in Japan, and basically asked them to create, I think they're going to be shorts. I don't think they're going to be like 30 minute yeah. episodes. I think they're going to be like shorts, um, 10 minutes or something like that. So they asked them to create these, these uh, their own, take the, take the Star Wars universe and then create their own stories and not be mm-hmm. not have to adhere to anything, you know, that's going on can- canonically within the Star Wars universe. They can do whatever they want. And the tr- they dropped a trailer for this more like it was more like a sneak peek, you know, teaser mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but why don't you run down just really quickly run down the list? Because uh, are you looking at the list? They got like a. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. So they got, I think, what, nine or ten of them. Run them down really quickly. Just the names of the, uh, the actual the shows. So we have the duel, we have uh, Lop in Ocho, in Ocho, we have Tatooine Raspity, the Twins, the Elder, the Village Bride, uh, Akakiri. Akakiri, I think so. Akakiri, yeah, that's how I phonetically whispered it <laughs> before I ran out, <laughs> put myself out there. Um, we have uh, TOB1 or TOB1 sounds like a droid name mm. um or a planet and uh rounding it off we have the ninth jedi mm. so 
Yeah, I'm excited. And, you know, I'll be honest, what made me what moved me from being intrigued to excited was watching the previews where uh, they had some on camera uh, quotes from some of the uh, the animators and designers themselves mm-hmm. um, and um, Takashi uh, Akazaki <laughs> looks like he's been ready for his entire life <laughs> to, to do, do to do, you know to do this right. um, another director was uh, commenting that he was so proud that his last uh, directorial project was going to be a Star Wars story Mm, um, and I think that because of the the samurai overtones in much of Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, viscerally in The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, it really lends itself to actually being told from the viewpoint of uh, Japanese artistry mm-hmm. and telling yeah, these I, stories I, in a more classical way. Yeah, I mean, you know, Star Wars, Lucasfilm has talked about it a lot. Um, I think George Lucas himself has talked about it. Uh, so it's no secret. I mean, they he, he in creating this series, he borrowed heavily, you know, from those um, Akira. Uh, uh, I got it right here. See, did I ever show you this? The uh, the Cartarian um, Akira Kurosawa, Seven Samurai. No. Um, yeah, this is next next Mm-mm. next time you hear, man. I got to show because this is just it's a fantastic Cartarian edition. Um, but you know, George Lucas talked a lot about borrowing from Kurosawa. He's borrowed from other, um, Japanese, um, influences as well as, you know, a lot of other, even some American things, you know, he's, he's, he borrowed from a lot of different things. I think there's a, there's a show coming out on HBO plus, uh, not HBO plus, um, Max Apple TV plus, no, No, Apple uh TV plus, um, called the foundation based on Isaac Asimov series from, you know, a long time ago, a science fiction series. And, you know, it was revealed that Lucasfilm, that George Lucas, you know, was influenced by that when creating Star Wars. So there's mm, a lot of different mm-hmm. influence. So it's really interesting to see this come full circle. And as far as the Japanese influence, reach out to these Japanese artists and say, here, you know, here's this thing that we borrowed heavily from your culture for and your mm-hmm. storytelling for giving it back to you. Go off and do what you want to do with it and come back and we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll work with that. And don't worry about tying it to, you know, um, Ray or Kylo Ren or Din Djarin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Bad Batch. You know, don't worry about it. Do your thing. And visually, man, these things, they look fantastic. You know, I think it was the duel, I think, was the one that really looked like it Dude looked straight up like a samurai. And he, it was like, you know, a samurai that lives in, you know, um, on you know, imagine a sam- samurai living on Mandalore. You know, what I'm saying I'm not saying that's what mm-hmm. he's doing, but I'm saying yeah, imagine yeah. something like that. That's that's fantastic. So I think that visions as a product, if they keep running with this, you know, mm-hmm. something that is not tied to canon, something that gives creators the opportunity to just go wild as they want with in a yeah. Star Wars context. Yeah, that's fan- that's that's really intriguing. And yeah. I'm even more intrigued because I recently, and I'm late as hell on this, um, and this is a whole other episode, so I won't get into it too deeply. But, you know, uh, Lucasfilm and I think it's Del Rey, they're releasing their, you know, um, they started releasing a few years ago their, what do they call them, these Essential Legends collections. Um, and basically they're the old, the Legends books, they're just releasing them in new formats. 
So yeah, okay. one of the uh, heir to the empire, which is Timothy Zahn's um, book from, I think, 91 or something like that, takes place right after Return of the Jedi. I think it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, not considered canon anymore. It's a Legends book since, you know, because Disney took over, wiped out a lot of stuff, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So it's not considered canon anymore. But I just recently started reading it because back then and I, I wasn't into Star Wars anymore. I kind of fell off and I just wasn't reading any of the books or doing any of that stuff. So I recently started reading this and it's like, it's fantastic, man. So it's like to dive into places, into Star Wars lore that is not connected um, to what we know as canon right now. It opens up the door to a lot of just, you know, interesting conversations and visuals and all types of things. So I'm really excited about visions. And I think that there's a book, um, I think it's called Ronin or something. It's, there's a there's a book, a visions book, a novel that's coming out, uh-huh. you know, um, this year as well. So. I think they're going to take this visions thing and just make a category out of it. And you might get animated shows, maybe some live mm-hmm. action shows down the road, mm-hmm. um, comics, books, you know, all types of things with the visions label on it. So it's like, Hey, this is a free for all. Don't worry about it being connected to anything. This is just some yeah. cr- creator that we dug. We, you know, we called them like him or her. And we're like, yo, do this, you know, do your thing. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, see what happens, put it in a book, put it out there. So, it looks yeah. it, it looks really it looks really intriguing, man. This is a real contrast to me for um, Marvel's multiverse, and I, I won't go <laughs> down the hole. But this works for me Hold because <laughs> okay, we're just yeah, we're in this. another galaxy. It's a galaxy, right? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. this happened in this galaxy in this way, you know, with these characters that can do these things that are consistent with what we know of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and. Um, is it semantics, we, Arthur? Is it semantics? Because if they call I don't think so. Disney multiverse, would you still be excited? Would you be like, oh, shit, here goes another multiverse? Yeah. Uh, uh, the latter, <laughs> so, actually. Because so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you have two-part question? Do you have any expectation of seeing Darth Vader in any one of these Visions shorts? No, I don't expect to see him at all. Would that be a problem? No. There you go. <laughs> is that your argument i just you yeah. made me give your argument okay all right that's well i mean you know the multi right it's like the multiverse we're like okay well how are they gonna you know is thor gonna show up is magic marvel gonna show up? i mean we you know we're talking about I, I, all of so these all of these known characters working within right. this environment because the so multiverse the though i think the difference though is the multiverse is still canon so it's like what they're doing in marvel with the multiverse is still canon it's not like something visions is like it's just like it's not connected to anything and don't it's even like try to what if. It's canon. like Marvel's what if, exactly, right? It's, exactly, because okay. it's not canon. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So don't even try. Right. Whereas the multiverse, like in Loki or in Doctor Strange, it's going to be canon. You know, so I, I'm again. I'm still. I'm arguing your point, but you know, for a minute there, it just felt like semantics. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah, we're both excited for that. That comes in September. Um, what's next? Dune. Damn. A movie that looks really good, but we just don't even know <laughs> what this is about. Everybody who, you know what, the one or two listeners who have read that book, that big ass book from a million mm-hmm. years ago, that's iconic. I'm not even tripping on it because I didn't read it, but it's, it's iconic. They're like, how could you not? They're, they're mad right now. They might have yeah. just turned us off. But the movie drops in October of this year, but after two trailers you f- still feel like you don't know what this is about. 
Oh, is that a direct question? <laughs> yes, it's a direct question. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It just seems it seems like to, it seems like there are we're on a planet. Mm-hmm. There are multiple tribes, and we're dealing with resources mm-hmm. and the controlling of those resources. So there is like a clan hierarchy built around that, and a conflict ensues based on the need of these resources, which are scarce. Mm-hmm. And I'm presuming the resources water. Mm, yeah, because we don't see any water throughout the whole damn trailer. Nobody takes a drink <laughs> throughout the whole. Trailer. And there's a and the, and there's there's a kraken, a sandworm. <laughs> the kraken worm. L- listen, it it looks gorgeous. You're right. I mean, yeah. Dennis Villeneuve. That I mean, it looks it looks all his films look beautiful. Um, and I'm a fan of his films. Um, I think. If to me, and this isn't this this I don't think this is really a Dune problem so much as it is a big epic story problem in in, yeah. in terms of a trailer, not the movie itself, but in terms of the trailer. It's mm-hmm. hard to give those real it's hard to avoid the tropes. Because right mm-hmm. now I feel like the trailer is just tropes. Here's the chosen one. You know, the mm-hmm. kid Timothy, what's his face? That's the chosen mm-hmm. one. Then we get his mentor, then we get his father. Then we get the girl, you know, the person mm-hmm. that he's, in, you know, connected with. Uh, uh, maybe that's maybe even the love interest. I don't know. Then we get, um, you know, the enemy, you know, and it's like these are all just tropes. I still don't really know. Like, I know what the movie's about. I'm like everything you just said, I agree with. But I really don't, you know, know what the movie is about. You know, I'm not connected into it with it the same way when I saw. Um, like a Spider-Man trailer where it's like you, you get so much character in the trailer that you're plugged in, you know, and it's almost, it's almost super, uh, excuse me. It's almost um, a distraction as far as the actual plot, the overall plot. It's like, you know, I don't care about that. I'm just so connected to this character. Whereas with these big epic films, man, it's hard sometimes to get that character, the sense of the characters within trailers, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm-hmm. I really don't know why is he the chosen one. I don't know why he's having dreams about Zendaya. You know, it's like okay, what what's her? I really didn't get a sense of her at all. Like I don't know what she's doing. You know, is she is she the chosen one? You know, is she mm-hmm. part of? I, I don't know. So, but I do. I will say this, Arthur. That second trailer, because after the first trailer, we did remember we did a show where we talked about the yeah. first trailer, and I wasn't I wasn't interested at all. This second trailer, it had more personality in it. It had more. Um, it like it had more it, story it, in it. It did have a little bit more story in it, so I feel like yeah. now I want to see the movie. Um, it is beautiful. It, it is very mo- not monochromatic, but there's like three colors. I saw brown, black, and there was like a little bit of blue because there was there was a lake. There was some water. I remember yeah. there was a lake somewhere. Um, but overall, it seems very. I don't know. It's like is this movie I'm going to watch and just feel kind of um dour when i <laughs> as i'm watching it because it just felt it, it just feels very um beautiful but uninspiring if that's if that's if that's a thing you know um visually i mean so but i am more intrigued than i was after the first trailer so were you were you a little bit more intrigued after the first than than from the first trailer i was still, yeah i when i was drawn in i was drawn in um a little more and mm-hmm. i at the risk of overthinking it i was noticing that the characters they seem to either have brown eyes or blue eyes mm. and i don't know if that's if there's something yeah you mentioned that to that or if that was just yeah. more of a kind of a you know an accent because mm. that was prevalent on the character 
posters that posters, were recently yeah. released too, which were dope. Which were dope, by the way. I, I think which one was the one that we were talking about? Javier Bardem's uh, yep. poster was really dope. Um, yeah. So, and this is a film. It comes out in October, and it will be day and date release. So it'll be on uh, HBO Max at the same time. It'll be in theater. So. You know, would I go run to the theater to go see this? You know, actually, I may go see this in the theater, Arthur, because, you know, the visually, I mean, you looked at, I mean, that's something that probably should be seen in the theater, you know, that the, those visuals. All right. So um, thumbs up. We are going to go see Dune. Um, last one. The last thing we want to talk about is probably the most important thing to me, damn it. <laughs> so Arturius Maximus, we have release date. We have release dates for the 25th James Bond film. We know as of right now that in the UK, this movie is supposed to hit theaters on September 30th. I believe is the date, the UK release date. And in the US, October 8th. So a week later, I just need you to answer this question for me. Just answer this. Just give me a yes or no. Then you can elaborate. Don't say maybe. Yes or no. Are we actually going to get this film, No Time to Die, released on the scheduled release dates? This It's moved three times, I think, now. Maybe four times. But is this film going to hit theaters in on September 30th and October 8th? Yes or no? No. Okay. I was braced for that. So that's why I'm still sitting in this chair looking right at you. Tell me why. Tell me why not. Because on the release date, we will be able to see it at home on Prime Video. So you think at the last minute, they're going to shift to Prime Video? Even though, (laughs) even though Barbara Broccoli... Michael Wilson have canceled immediately <laughs> immediately after Amazon purchased um, MGM Eon Pictures, which is Michael or which is Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, who run the James Bond series. They put out a statement immediately. I think I think it was next day, saying we are committed to the theatrical release. I'm paraphrasing, but they said we are committed to the theatrical release. James Bond will continue to be seen in theaters. So you think, though, at the last minute, do you think it'll be a day and date? Will, will it'll be in the theaters and it'll be on Amazon Prime? Or do you think it's, they're going to just go Amazon Prime? That's a more difficult question to answer with just one word. OK, well, you can elaborate on this. But, but I, let me let me help you out though a little bit first. Keep in mind that Disney, with their recent Black Widow um, day and date release um, of Black Widow, they did get blasted by the theaters owner, the theater association, the the uh, the ATA. Of course, yeah, blasted them. Like you shouldn't have done that, you know. So there's still there's still animosity here, and also keep in mind Shane Chi, like you mentioned a little while ago, at this moment is not scheduled to be day and date. It's, spe- it's scheduled to be in theaters only. So, right. do you think at this late date, that's going to happen to Bond, that they may just say, okay, we're going to do day and date, or do you think they may just say? tell with the theaters we're just going to release this on amazon prime see i honestly think that they that they're that they're going to do day and date in certain markets based on based pandemic. on the pandemic Infection rates right mm-hmm. and the delta variant mm-hmm. and not to be mm-hmm. 
comical or funny or anything like that. So forgive me if how I say it is comical, you know, but Mm -hmm. the Olympics are happening in Japan and nobody is seeing it unless they're watching it on television. And that's, that's a big, big, big red flag, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So if there are, if there are, if there are international cities in the U S included, mind you, if there are international cities that are locking back down, Mm-hmm. Like I asked you about Shang Chi, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do? I th- I think this is all gonna come down to UK and US. I think that if the next the next I don't know six to eight weeks are gonna tell the tale pretty much of you know what we can expect in the fall. I think as far as especially mm-hmm. like you mentioned the Delta variant and is is the vaccination rate going to outpace the Delta mm-hmm. variant? That's the big question mm-hmm. right now in the mm-hmm. US. Mm-hmm. Um, in the UK, the UK is getting pummeled right now, you know. Um, so as we as the, on the as we record this right now, mm-hmm. so I think that the question to me is going to become if the US, let's say hypothetically the US, um, either is where it is now or better in October in terms of infection rates, but the UK is still getting pummeled. Is the UK based company slash film? You know, Bond is British. This is a British product. This, you know, the premiere is in British. The premiere should be, you know, in the UK. Are they going to release this film in the US only and then do, you know, streaming in the UK or do day and date in the UK? That's a big question. And I think that may happen. I think I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be based on market um, Mm -hmm. or how they release this thing. I do not think I really don't think they're going to push this again. I don't think that they pushed it. I agree. I totally agree with you. I think the conversations about this right now. Yeah, you know, at some level. I mean, listen, two months ago or a month ago, things were looking a lot better, you know, and it was like, oh, you know, we're we're climbing out of this. Then all of a sudden that variant hits vaccination rate slows to a halt almost you know went yeah. from like three million people a day to less than five hundred thousand a day in the u.s getting vaccinated so things are changing you know so quickly so it's like mm-hmm. i think that the conversations are being had is like maybe hey here's a date you know september whatever maybe september 1st where we make a decision you know and then that decision mm-hmm. is this if this happens that if this happens mm-hmm. boom you know it's like here are these here are our variables here are our contingencies you know um, yeah, I'm agreeing with I, you. I don't think they're going to push it again. I think they're going to because we're talking about what that. ten weeks, sixty Less some odd days, yeah. seventy days. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got because they got to start the promotion again. That you exactly. Know, that I was saying start. it's a it's a big machine. <laughs> got to get it cranking. So I, I'm not I'm not as you know uh, dejected as um I'm you know I played it up a little bit it was a little bit melodramatic I'm not as de- dejected as all that because I was I was expecting you know what you said and I like I said I agree with you um, but I do feel like we need to see this film um, I just I just we need to because it's funny man Daniel Craig is already he's he right now he's filming um, you know the second Knives Out film um, matter of fact Dave Bautista is in that film I saw. Uh, oh. The image of them online. It was interesting to see, you know, Bond and uh, G- or, uh, Hinks, you know, um, standing next to each other, <laughs> and it, you know, com- looking both of them looking completely different. Um, that was interesting. But yeah, so he's filming. Is he? You know, if they have a, 
you know, if they do the um, standard, you know, release, you know, and, and drop it in UK and they have the premiere and everything, he's got to come to that, you know, uh, right. It's just, things are moving. So it's like, if you push this back yet again, it's like, uh, I just, I don't see how you can keep pushing it. I, I feel like there's going to be a release and one, one way or the other, we're going to get this film released. Yeah. So that's why I stand on it. So any other thing, any, any, anything else that, that we want to say um, about the fall of 2021? Um, any other comments? Well, um, I think it's, 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 it, of course it's shaping up to be a stronger fall than last year, but um given the context of things, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a stronger fall than um, what I would have thought in January of this year. Mm-hmm. And um, it is unfortunate that, I mean, like what we were just talking about with James Bond, you know, it's unfortunate that we've got Shang-Chi coming out theaters only, presumably, you know, and you and I are both thinking about, we got a way, okay, is it, worth going to mm. see not because could it be a bad film but because is it smart to you know do the risk of exposure or the risk of being you know that many more people in the theater that don't really have to be you know it, it's just right. unfortunate that we're we're having to have these conversations mm. um in that in that context because um if we were talking about Shang-Chi in 1919 but 2019 yeah it, it it wouldn't be a thing. It's like, you know, we would be yeah, like, yeah, definitely. well, you know, when we see it, we will see. When right. we see it, I hope <laughs> right. that. When we see it, I, you know, right. I expect or don't expect. So, Right. My, my only, um, just quick shout out, the only thing, the only other thing I want to say about fall is, and I don't know if they're fall, they haven't released, they haven't dropped the release date. So that's why I don't know if these going to be fall or winter, but they have said, the MCU just staying on them for a second, that um, we are going to get, I believe, She-Hawk, streaming mm-hmm. series and uh-huh. Miss Marvel streaming series this year. That's what I heard. So I don't, there hasn't been dates released for those things, but just in case they are fall, those are two that I'm definitely looking forward to. In particular, I'm going to be honest with you, She-Hawk, because She-Hawk has the most Daredevil connectivity, you know? So if there's okay. even a slight chance that, you know, we might get a Charlie Cox Daredevil, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. secret, you know, clandestine, you know, uh, they sneak him into the MCU again. Um, it may happen in the She-Hulk series, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about both of those. Miss Marvel, um, huge, huge comic book over the last, you know, five or six years. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So yeah. And that's the, you know, uh, BIPOC character, Miss Marvel. So I'm, you know, hoping that we'll get those in the fall, but it may be winter, but I just wanted to give them a quick Mm -hmm. shout because, you know, they may be happening sooner than we think. So, all right. Mm -hmm. Um, let's wrap this up, man. Cause we, uh, you know, we went a little over, but I think there's a lot of things happening this fall. We want to touch on all of them. Um, so, and it's, overall, I'm looking forward to a lot of things. But like you said, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate the situation that we're in. Um, but hopefully, especially with no time to die, fingers crossed, um, we will, you know, have a better report on that and, you know, have a better idea of that within the next month or so. All right. Uh, that's a full lid. This is Man Unreal, episode 42. This is Arthur, that is Isaac, and you can get back to us online uh, via Twitter, hashtag MadUnreal. Let us know your thoughts. What are you looking forward to? Um, Do you agree, disagree with our assessments of what's on the docket for the fall of this year? And um, 
We ask you to subscribe to the show and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. You can find us anywhere and everywhere the fine RSS feeds are consumed. See you next show. Peace. Keep it unreal.